coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. I hit Mark in the back of the head and he spits out news. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Today we're going to be talking about all the games we've been playing this week, including Super Mario Run, SteamWorld Dig 2, Golf Story. Uh, we're also going to be talking about some news from the week, including a Mega Man tease, and then we'll be back on Thursday to discuss the Super Nintendo Classic Edition. Uh, but first, Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah, it's great, you say. Yeah, it's a beautiful Sunday. Oh, Mark, revealing that we're <laughs> recording a day earlier than usual. That's right. You're right, pulling back the curtain. I feel, like, I feel like we should show our hand in case, like, enormous news gets dropped on Monday. Yeah, okay. So you're, so you're setting us up to fail. <laughs> no, I'm hedging our bets. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Sometimes uh, big news drops on Monday. Yeah, or, like, Monday night after we've recorded, which I guess, I mean, maybe makes sense. It's Tuesday in Japan at that point. Maybe gaming magazines are released on that day or something like that. Look, here's the thing. Very few podcasts in my feed pop on Tuesday. So when I see our own show pop on Tuesday, I'm like, sweet. <laughs> There's something for me to listen to. <laughs> it's like that and Pete Holmes. And I'm like, I'm, I don't have three and a half hours <laughs> to listen to. You made it weird with Jason Manzoukas. It's too much. <laughs> so in advance, mm -hmm. we're just letting you know, listeners know it's Sunday. It is Sunday. Mark and I have been praying all day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, praying at the altar of Mario. Uh, the weather today, weather report. Let's lovely, get into it. It's lovely. a lovely day. It's a lovely Sunday. Um, it's, and it's been lovely. Very good. Our guest weather today is uh, Bogota, Colombia. Uh, it looks like maybe it's getting kind of chilly and rainy there. Yeah, which makes, which maybe doesn't make sense. Why not? Well, because we'll... Is it their spring? What's what's going on here? I mean, I think it is. <laughs> you mean because you're talking about the equator? <laughs> I am, yes. Which side of the equator uh, Bogota is uh -huh. on? Hmm. Great question. No one knows. I think regardless, it's uh, either no longer summer or it's only barely recovering from winter, right? Right. So we're talking, look, we said chilly, but it's like 56. <laughs> so It's, it's not, L.A. cold. It's L.A. cold. And again, this is Sunday. <laughs> So it it may have turned completely by um Tuesday when you're listening to this. Um because of course listening to it on the day it comes out. Mark, we've got a little bit of a debug that I wanted to get into. We this is a feature that sometimes goes by the wayside. Um but we had a, a great conversation last week uh, on our Thursday episode, which if you haven't listened to, you should check out. Mark and I both draft uh Smash Brothers lineups using characters that have not appeared in previous Smash games as playable characters. And we challenged ourselves within that conversation to list the original eight characters in Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64. I didn't look it up af afterward, but I left feeling fairly confident we had knocked it out of the park. So I don't remember what all we said, but we weren't right. <laughs> I think we put Bowser in there. I think we put Peach in there. Here's the real lineup. First of all, there are eight starting characters and then four unlockable characters. So the eight characters that are available from the beginning are Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Samus, Yoshi, 
Kirby, Fox, and Pikachu. I think we left out Star Fox. Yeah, maybe we replaced Star Fox with Peach. Or Bowser. I don't think we said Bowser. I think... Oh, maybe we did. Maybe we did. I, I feel I feel like we didn't go all heroes. I think we thought there must be at least one villain in here. Um, unlockable characters in this game are Luigi, Captain Falcon, Ness, and Jigglypuff. So it's cool that Captain Falcon, who's such like a weird pull, that like that's a character that you never see outside of his car. That's in that first game. Like the the very first game was being super weird. Man, I don't think we were that close. No, no, we we were <laughs> no, we were not close at all. Which is why we have the debug. It's it's it, that's why it's here. That's right. It's a feature. Uh, it's not a debug. It's a feature. Mark, what have you been playing this week? A lot. So much stuff. Yeah, so much stuff. So I finished up a run of Thimbleweed Park. Yeah. Um, feelings on it are pretty much the same as we talked about. I guess last week. Yes. When we discussed it, uh, it's. Really fun, especially if you have nostalgia for those old point-and-click adventure games from LucasArts. The uh, story, I don't want to, like, oversell it, but, like, I guess the end, it's not really a, I don't know. I don't want to, like, hype it up too much as some, like, earth-shattering, like, twist or something. Yeah. But I did not anticipate where the story was going, which is always fun. Yeah. And it felt like when it got there, it felt good. Yeah, absolutely. Because a twist doesn't always do that. Right. Sometimes a twist will make you feel as though you've been narratively cheated or something. Yeah. Um, that was not the case with Thimbleweed Park. No, I thought it was, uh, it all worked together very well. And I, I so I, I really enjoyed it. Um, again, I kind of feel like $20 is a lot to ask for when it's available on like iOS devices for 10 yeah. But I don't regret the purchase. Oh, I've been meaning to ask. Did you, uh, so finish uh, your playthrough, um, did you still do it all in, in TV mode or did you pull it out at all too? Um, I ended up playing entirely in TV mode. Interesting. I mean, you would think that I would have put it in handheld mode so I could at least test if there were touch screen. I mean, I did ask about <laughs> it last week. But I did not. Uh, that'll be my homework for next week. I will boot it up and find out. Okay, sure. so there there were uh, other games that we needed to catch up on um, from from this last week. Golf Story came out, um, and SteamWorld Dig, both you and I didn't have a, a chance to check out the week before, um, right? Because you were playing Thimbleweed Park, and I was playing... Oh, I was uh, 100%ing Metroid Samus Returns. Oh, that's right. So uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 did come out... The week before. The week before. So, like, two weeks at this point. And then last... Friday is when Golf Story came out. Right. Um. So I have been playing SteamWorld Dig 2, and you have as well a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on it? Especially going from Samus Returns right into a kind of take on a Metroidvania game. Yeah, I, I've been hearing that a lot, that like people are considering SteamWorld Dig 2 a Metroidvania, but it doesn't... Maybe I'm not deep enough into the game to really see that, but it's still... It feels very like... um. I don't know. I, I think the the fact that like you're digging um in like the the main part of the map is so like open that you can you know kind of carve whatever paths you want through uh through this space that it feels less like a Metroidvania style game to me. Um, but I I like it. It's fun and like it's beautiful. The um the character designs are awesome and like everything's just kind of busting with personality. Yeah, there are points in the game where you'll you enter it's happened twice for me 
where you enter like a cave or just a different section of the game that is so different from anything that you've seen before that it's like shocking in a very exciting way yeah that makes it feel as though you're like really exploring and discovering something yeah yeah and when i first started playing it i thought it was good but i did wasn't really understanding why people loved it so much Mm -hmm. um i'm i think pretty far into it at this point and it, it doesn't seem like it's a super long game like i think i'll probably finish if again i think i'm coming to the end like maybe around like 12 or 13 hours but that's definitely not getting all of the treasures and everything that are out there yeah, yeah um but the more that i got into it i don't know i just like kind of found a groove and started appreciating some of the design a little bit more than i had previously like the level design or the um like aesthetic design of the game kind of both because things start uh they're like areas where they really change things up and also just um the design of the game like the levels and everything you enter areas where it, i'm not even going to say it becomes like more challenging but the mechanics that they introduce are like exciting and different yeah okay um well, I guess different is kind of a, like it makes it sound like it really changes things up, but it's just like they introduce new mechanics that uh, are really enjoyable, and I don't really know how to say this without like spoiling. Yeah, it. yeah, no, that's but, fair. But anyways, suffice to say, I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, have have you also been playing that one mostly in TV TV mode? Uh, I played for I guess maybe like half and half. Yesterday, I played quite a bit, and that was all in handheld mode. Yeah, I've, I've been playing it exclusively in handheld mode. Um, I don't know why. The game just feels like a, a portable experience. I'm sure it would also look great on, on the TV, but, um, you know, it, it the, like, play sessions are short enough, like, if you just go until you, like, run out of light and then, like, go back. Because um, one of the big mechanics in the game is that uh, you are limited by the amount of light in your lamp, right? And then you have to return to the surface. Um, so yeah, that there's like a, a already a constraint on like how long you can stay down on one little outing. Um, so that kind of lends itself well to uh, playing in in smaller doses uh, on the go. Have you been playing with the? It gives you the option of having like map markers on, so you know like where you're headed. Oh yeah, map markers all the way. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) There's also like an item or something that you can pick up. You can spend a cog on that makes the game more difficult. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, thank you. Don't need it. So, have you been playing Golf Story? I have also been playing Golf Story. Right. Uh, did you end up picking it up? I did not. It is, you know, I, I've also been playing a lot of the um, SNES Classic. Um, so I've been like, Golf Story can wait. Yeah. But looking at the lineup of games this week, I, I don't, it's going to wait for a while, I think. Well, but. the only reason I ask is because last week you said you were leaning towards picking it up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like wait and see how it goes. But I, I got caught up in the hype <laughs> and uh, ended up pick, purchasing it. And I'm kind of blown away with how much I'm enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Because I don't have any nostalgia for Mario Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't particularly consider myself a fan of golf games. Mm-hmm. But Not it, even the Satoru Wada NES Golf. That's that, co- Not even that melts your not heart. Not even that melts my heart. <laughs> and it's really, really fun. It's not perfect. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit buggy. Um, 
I think things could be better explained. Like, again, I don't play golf games, so if some of... It's it's RPG-ish, so you level up, and then you put points into, like, different abilities in golf. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I don't know what any of it means, and it's not explained anywhere, as far as I can tell. Uh Uh-huh. And so, as far as that goes, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um... But I think especially it was made by two people. And it really feels like it's funny that it came out the same time as the uh, Super Nintendo Classic Edition. Because it really feels like something that would be even aesthetically on the Super Nintendo or like a Game Boy Advance yeah. game. It's I really recommend it, even if you're not a fan of golf games, just as a uh, like feel good rpg yeah feel good rpgs man we will talk more about that in our thursday episode because i've I've been playing super mario rpg (laughs) Uh, so we will definitely loop back around to that also um out last week that we both have been messing around with is the uh remix 10 addition to super mario run yeah there was a big update for super mario run that dropped on like thursday or friday last week Mm -hmm. which includes a a new mode a new character and a new, like, secret world with uh, nine individual levels in it. Um, So I have surprised myself with how much I am playing this. Yeah, me too. Um, It's just, so the the remix mode first, um, I love it. Um, That it just, it's like tiny little chunks of levels, and it just stitches, like, ten of them together, one after another, and it puts, like, uh, these big, coins in there that you have to collect um and then like if you mess up on one it just like okay great next next little mini level um and it keeps track of where your friends are uh, like on on the same like sort of timeline as you and when you catch up to one of your friends as i caught up to you earlier today (laughs) um you're awarded with some medals in there um and uh if you get to the 30th level of it then you unlock daisy and i'm like six levels in now six or seven or eight or something um and I I've it's a great like recontextualization of like the same mechanics. I'm having tons of fun with it. Yeah, it's so weird because I opened it up basically just to try it what I thought was going to be for like a minute or two mm-hmm. so I could talk about it here. But I did I ended up sinking a lot of time into it. And I even though it is just chunks, very short chunks of levels that already existed, yeah. I'm having like you so much fun with it. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's kind of made me appreciate super mario run in a way that i definitely did not before well i think one of the things that we like agreed on um with super mario run like the when it first came out was that like the like moment to moment gameplay when you're actually like running through a course is super fun and super engaging and like you know our mileage was a little bit different on like how long that loop could like you know keep us engaged in the game but i think this remix version uh, just like the way it throws a new challenge at you every like thirty seconds, and like here's it, here's it, here it is with a different character. Here's one that has you know five big coins in it for whatever reason, and you know here are all of your friends on the map. Like it, it feels like it's repackaged it in a way that is just more instantly like fun and exciting. Yeah, and I almost wonder if part of that is because how finite it is, like how disposable yeah. it all is. Mm-hmm. Like a Super Mario Run level is not super long but it it they're kind of long and they're kind of stressful yeah because you're always moving forward you know except when you hit like pause blocks or something like that right right but it's uh there's so much happening in a super mario run level and you feel kind of so out of control 
Whereas in these, it's like every, I don't know, 25 seconds, you feel like you completed something and yeah. can like breathe, breathe a sigh of relief. And if you die, who cares? Right. It just like, it just says oops and then moves you on to the next one. Um, also, I love the animation when you finish a level and the characters just like, they put like a fist out to yeah, you. Yeah. Like you're like going to like pump. Uh, yeah. They get a fist bump, bump knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they just like keep running. Uh, have you done the listen to your own music thing? So the one thing I will say about the big update to Super Mario Run is that it has been incredibly buggy for me. Oh, really? Yeah, like it uh, runs. I don't know. There's a lot more like pauses and hiccups and crashes. I have not experienced I've any of that. Ever experienced before? Hmm. Maybe it's because I'm running it on like an older phone. Yeah. Uh oh. Before we move on, though. I just want to say about Super, uh, Remix 10 or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's right. The music in that version itself uh-huh. is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's like, a, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, I mean, it's like a electronic slash maybe like disco remix of Super Mario tunes. But there's a part, there's a part in the loop where like there are women, there are vocals. There's a vocal track on this, yeah. <laughs> of, like, a female singer mm-hmm. and singing something about, like, love. I can't remember exactly what it is. <laughs> but it's something that, like, the first time I thought maybe my phone was playing music from the Play Your Own Music feature right. without me realizing it because it sounds completely unlike anything in a Mario game and also completely devoid of context. Yes. And not. it's not really in line with you know, you and I have talked a lot about uh, the evolution of, like, Nintendo music before. We did a, an episode about it, which is really good. You should go check it out. Um, but the, like, introduction of, like, vocals and, like, having songs, uh, like there is for ARMS or for um, the Super Mario Odyssey, right? Um, that this isn't really, like, the lyrics are just, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, it's something about, like, show me your love, give me your love, something like that. We're okay. just like, what is happening? So, but have you done the play my own music thing? Yeah. So it is not what I expected it to be. I assume that you could just like play other audio from elsewhere on your phone. But what it does is it just accesses your like music library and just shuffles songs. But once, uh, I thought so too, and I was not a fan of that. But once you've engaged it, if you go like into the music app. Oh, interesting. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. And because then it, and the, it's okay. So it's it, it starts with just shuffling your library and then you can go into music and set something and okay. And it'll just continue to play. Because I thought the same thing where I'm like, if I'm if it's just going to random randomly pick songs yeah. from my music collection, this will be no good. Because no, it'll be a nightmare. Yeah, you have so many like varied things. You know, yeah. it's weird to and have things, like things where you're like, I don't, I don't know what this song <laughs> is, right? Because like you may buy like a soundtrack or like a compilation record or something, and then you're like, I've never heard this song in my life. But the thing that that is interesting about it to me is it can it keeps the sound effects. Yeah, but they're like muted a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's as though uh, now this is fulfilling the the theory that um, the that. Mario is listening to this music, and then he is hearing the sound effects uh, of the world 
through, like muted through the headphones that he's got on his head. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. That's got to be it. Uh, but man, especially for five dollars now, because it's on sale for I think another week or yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Mario Run is super fun. I yeah. re- this Remix Ten thing really changed how I see this game. Yeah, for sure. Have you done any of the uh, the Star World, the the extra levels? I haven't played through many of them. I think I played through like Star One. Um, so for, some of for them are super challenging to unlock. Yeah, really challenging. So they they all have like special, um, and they they tell you what all of the uh, un- unlock conditions are. Um, and you know sometimes it'll be like, uh, for the first one I believe it's beat whatever level without killing any Goombas, which is like a fun little challenge for you to do. And then uh, it unlocks the the level itself. There's one that I was trying to do that's like kill at least 20 of the ninja characters. And I was like, I don't even see 20 in this level. <laughs> you have to do it all in one level? I think so. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe that's where I'm mistaken. Maybe. <laughs> uh, some of them, I was trying to do them. And some of them I had fun doing, even though they were challenging. Like there was one where it was like, uh, finish this level with less than five coins. Oh, that's fun. And like I did it. And then at the... We, no matter where you hit the flagpole at the end, it gives you one. Oh. So I had to redo it because then I'm like, no, you actually have to finish with four. Right. <laughs> but uh, some of them are just super hard that I'm like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. Yeah. I'm almost annoyed that this has revitalized my enthusiasm for Super <laughs> Mario Run. That like it's another thing on my phone now that like if, I, if I'm sitting on the couch and like watching TV or something, I before this came out may have gone and like played some SteamWorld Dig or something. But hey, Mario Run's already on my phone. Well, and the other thing that I really think it did is it makes it easier to pick up for just one or two rounds. Yes. And then put it down. Uh, and again, I attribute that to Remix 10. Yeah, Remix 10 is great. Yeah. Uh, all right. So And then, of course, we've also been playing the Super NES uh, Classic Edition. But there will be more talk of that on Thursday. Mark, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. <laughs> So October 3rd, which is Tuesday, also known as today. That's right. Listening to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Lovers in a, in a Dangerous Space Time. Yes. It's coming out on the Switch eShop. Uh, this was, was this a surprise announcement? I, I don't think that I saw this coming. Well, I think I knew that it was coming to Switch. I didn't realize it was coming so soon. Uh, this is a great like couch co-op game did you play it on the ps4 yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. um and the it's it's great you play as two little characters in like a side-scrolling environment the side-scrolling environment is a spaceship that they pilot together um and so there are like uh four gunner stations on like the up down left right sides of the ship and um there's another station that like controls a shield that kind of uh circles the ship and uh the last station Maybe there's one more on top of this, um, like actually steers the ship around uh, the, the level. So like you are two people and you have to like pilot this thing together and it gets really chaotic and it's super fun. Um, and I loved it on uh, PlayStation 4 and uh, will be super happy to play it again, um, I, either, you know, on the go or on the TV. I think uh, I was watching a trailer for it yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's up to four people. I think there's. Yeah. Uh, wow, that uh, seems like it'd be really fun. Yeah, I I don't know if um, it, it was it was really nice on uh, a big TV. I I don't know if it'll necessarily translate to a, a smaller screen, but 
you know that's hasn't been a problem with other um you know multiplayer switch games so and then on thursday on the switch eShop, there's axiom verge and tumblestone uh axiom verge so we can get another metroidvania <laughs> yeah and i think that's actually the reason why i'm not going to be picking it up quite yet is yeah. because you need a break. Yeah, after like Metroid Returns and SteamWorld Dig Two and Samus Returns. Samus Returns, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like, we, we I like should, that you're we, consistent about it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely true. We should make get a Metroid Returns jar, and every time I say it, I have to put a quarter in it. Well, I mean, but if th- does the jar say Metroid Returns on it? <laughs> I feel like that's gonna make it harder for you. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm a little Metroidvania'd out yeah, at the moment. I hear that. Um, Axiom Verge, though, is supposed to be pretty good. Um, that's another, like, one-person game. Um, yeah, I, 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 who knows? Uh, if uh, I feel like there's so much coming out um, in all, all of these weeks that I'm, I don't know, I feel overwhelmed with games at the moment. So I will also probably be sitting that one out. Yeah, I feel like I, especially this past week when I wasn't planning on picking up Golf Story, but I ended up buying it and feel like I have so much other stuff to play that I need to release myself from the, from like the feeling that I have that I need to pick up like every game I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, this is so funny though, because like it makes me think of uh, right after the Switch came out in, like, April sometime, maybe even the end of March when we were like, uh, I don't know, do you want to review Snake Pass? <laughs> right? We did a whole show about it. Uh, yeah. And now, like, the games are coming so fast and, um, like, you know, real and, like, big and cool experiences. It's just, I feel like it's a good time to um, be a Nintendo fan. And then on Friday, October 6th, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga plus Mauser's Bowser's Minions, not Mauser's Binions, <laughs> comes out for the 3DS mm-hmm. as well as Layton's Mystery Journey, The Millionaire's Conspiracy, and Nintendo's releasing a white and orange new Nintendo 2DS XL in the West. Uh, and also the uh, with the release of uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus uh, Bowser's Minions, there are the new Amiibo to go with them, the Goomba and Koopa, um, that can be used in both of those both versions of that of that game and also on friday there's another indie coming to the switch eShop, oxen free great which again looks interesting but i think at this point i just have to allow myself to not buy games <laughs> mark you want to just stop playing video games <laughs> i feel like it's too much right now <laughs> uh all right let's uh let's move on to the new releases It's time for a regular segment on our show. It's 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, Mark, I would like to talk to you about Porgs. Porgs. P-O-R-G-S. These are, of course, the little snout-nosed bird creatures from the new Star Wars movie. Um, it is they're on the front of my mind because I got Sarah, my girlfriend, one for her birthday. <laughs> um, and he makes little noises when you push his belly. And it's pretty cute. It's cute. It's a cute creature. 
It has really big eyes. It has very big eyes, and it's got like a a dumb looking little nose and like kind of a frowny face, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, so I feel like there's been some controversy about the ports, right? I think people are worried about them being like a cute. I th- I think people are wary of cute things in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, because of Ewoks. I think because of Ewoks. Here's the thing. I grew up with Ewoks, right? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Jedi came out in what, 83? I think so. I was a year old. Wasn't seeing it in the theater. But like, <laughs> I don't know Star Wars without Ewoks. Yeah, I mean, Return of the Jedi was my favorite as a child because I loved the Ewoks. Right. So, also, come on. It's Star Wars. Like, it can be a thing that we take seriously, right? But like, it is not a serious thing. It has goofy elements to it. And it has cute elements to it. Like, R2-D2 is cute, and he's a cornerstone. He appears in all nine, or all, however many movies there have been. He's in all of them. <laughs> uh, there is something that feels very calculated about the Porgs, though, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. So I wonder if some of that has people wary. Um, because they definitely seem like they were, uh, like, engineered in a lab to, to, be, to, be to sell merchandise. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously successful, as evidenced by the fact that I bought this thing and the movie isn't even out yet. Um, people are laughing between movements of uh, 433 because they don't know how to handle themselves. <laughs> so apologies for that. Um, I don't know. I like it. Like, calculated or no, I feel like Star Wars is always, it's always a calculation, right? It's always... Uh, trying to sell merchandise to you. Well, in a similar vein, how do you feel about evil BB-8? Oh, I feel fine about Evil BB-8. Right, exactly. He, he, I like, so, you know, I'm reading the, the Star Wars comics now, um, and really like that Darth Vader comic that was going for a while, and the um, uh, Dr. Aphra comic that, that's running at the moment, um, and they heavily feature some evil droids, right? Triple Zero and, um, uh, I forget the name of the other one, but Triple Zero is like an evil uh, C-3PO. Um, and he just loves to torture people and drain them of their blood. Like that's, that's what he loves, right? It's just such like a, a funny and weird character that like, I don't know. I Yeah, give me an evil droid. Give me an evil copy of a droid that we already know and love. It, it's funny that people, and I guess, you know, I have this sort of reaction too, so I include myself in this group, but this uh, aversion and negative reaction to this idea of Star Wars being commercialized. Well, yeah, that's nuts, right? <laughs> like the the original Star Wars, or I guess all the Star, uh, the first six Star Wars movies are all technically independent movies, right? Because uh, George Lucas financed, like maybe with the exception of the first one, um, that he financed them, uh, you know, himself, and then they're just distributed by Fox, and you know that um, they are, for better or for worse, like the expression of you know one man's crazy space <laughs> opera, um, and that Disney is like the antithesis of that, but like. One man's crazy space opera where, like, he wants to sell you Boba Fett figures, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's, it seems like it's always been a commercial corporate enterprise. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But there is something about it. And I, I think it is just because it's held so dearly by so many people yeah. that when it feels especially crass, even in an adorable crassness, <laughs> like the Porgs, uh-huh. that, uh, and I also, and that people react against that. I also feel like, People are worried that the Porgs are going to be, uh, you know, like, used like a cute dog in a family comedy. 
where like somebody will say something and it cuts to the Porgs like going like uh oh or whatever you know like yeah exactly. Um, look, as long as the the Porgs don't like fart and then like scurry <laughs> away from it, I don't want them to be rabbits, I guess, or minions is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and I mean like if they just treat them like animals, I feel like it'll be okay. They have to feature somewhat prominently, right? I don't know. <laughs> Do they? Or can they just be like a cute little thing? I want to make him talk again. <laughs> uh, for those of you, well, I'm sure you can look up the video of these Porg uh, toys online. But for those of you who can't see it, the Borg stops talking or stops moving after a while, but continues to talk. Yeah, it, it seems like its sequence is off a little bit. I mean, maybe the, maybe the Porg is Snoke. Maybe, maybe, maybe all of the porgs together, their consciousnesses meld together. Oh, and I guess we'll, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know, know what they know together to become. Uh, we were accompanied today by Future Workspace. Future Workspace. Mark, let's get into the news. I think we can all agree that at one point, Mega Man was one of the crown jewels of Capcom. Sure. But that as a character, he is kind of uh, laid fallow and yes. sad mm-hmm. for the past, I don't even know at this point, what, 10, 12 years? Well, do you want to count the release of Mega Man's 9 and 10? Because yeah, that, I think so. That was a brief like reprieve because that happened when I was in Chicago. So maybe like eight years ago Okay, is when 9 and 10 came out. Man, it feels like it's been a really long time since we had anything to be excited about involving Mega Man. So I will push back against that just because the legacy, the first legacy collection is only like a year and a half, two years old. Um, and that was a pretty big deal. But it's not like a new Mega Man experience. Right. Yeah. Um, Capcom has been very happy to repackage the old games and continue sure, to yes. sell them to us. But as far as like the future of the franchise, mum's been the word. Mm. And so maybe that's going to change in the near future uh it, it it is mega man's 30th anniversary this december i believe sure do you remember what they did for mega man's 25th anniversary no or was it the 20th almost nothing they did almost nothing but they did release the uh mega man cross street fighter fan game that someone else made and they they like polished up and then put out do you remember this? No. So it's it's Mega Man, but all of the robot bosses are Street Fighter characters. That's all. <laughs> and they just put it out on PC. That's it. Didn't even bring it to consoles or anything. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. It was really half-hearted. At all. So there's like a fancy like 30th anniversary logo that's out there. <laughs> um, but Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 producer, uh, Kazuhiro uh, Tsuchiya. Mm-hmm. was quoted at the Tokyo Game Show last week as saying, quote, I want to say that Capcom has not forgotten about Rockman. This, uh, meaning the 30th anniversary logo here, is being put to good use. Rockman's 30th anniversary is coming in December. December. Please remember that date. Okay, so December's not a date. <laughs> it's a month. <laughs> uh, and Rockman, for those not super uh, deep into Mega Man lore, that's what he's called in... Um, Japan, Rockman and Mega Man are, for all intents and purposes, the same thing. Uh, so what, what, do you, what do you think, Mark? You think anything? I think a 
another collection of some sort. Okay. I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that we're going to get a new game. And I have a hard time believing that that new game would be good. And sure. I have a hard time believing that new game would come on Switch. Right, because Capcom has been tepid in their support of uh, the system at yeah, all. Yeah, and to like an embarrassing degree. Yeah, well, I, it's, yeah, it, it feels bad, right? Like, even though uh, their crummy port of Street Fighter, Ultra Street Fighter 2, um, to the Switch has sold, you know, more copies than, like, you know, uh, Ulti- uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, that they're still like, well, I don't know, we gotta wait and see on the Switch thing. You know? Like, what are you doing, guys? Yeah, it feels in general that Capcom is, I guess, like, poorly run and managed. And, sure. you know, like, I think it could be an eventuality that they start producing more things for the Switch, but it seems like it takes Capcom a, lo- a really long time to do anything. Yeah. And so it would be, I'll be very interested to see if and when that happens. Yeah. I mean, the the thing that's so weird about it is that, like, I feel like Capcom is doing, like, new and or modern things on all the other platforms, right? Like, Resident Evil 7 came out just earlier this year, right? And, like, that was a reinvention of the series. It was something new and cool and well-regarded. And then on Switch, they're like, eh, Revelations 1 and 2. Well, so here's what I think is happening is that the Capcom is in a very strange position where they are a Japanese company who is trying very hard to be Western-focused. Yeah. And I, and I don't think they're doing a very good job of that. Sure. Right? Like, they had, like, uh, Dead Rising 4, and which bombed. Right. Uh, you know, but they, that was a great example of them trying to give people what they thought they wanted right um it was a, and same with like resident evil 7 like it was well regarded and it was a new direction for the franchise pulling back from like the action-oriented resident evils that we had seen for the past two entries into something that the fans were asking for and it has it's sold it's sold well but well like, but yeah. way below six you know way below their expectations and way below five that like the trajectory of the resident evil games was uh, as far as sales were concerned were uh you know four very high five higher six higher seven off a cliff and so i can see where capcom who is very western focused would look at something like switch and you know see it as another 3ds which yeah the 3ds ha- has done very well for itself in the west Mm-hmm. But n- not it's not like third parties sell, um, you know, millions of copies of their games on the 3DS. So I could totally see how if they are a more Western-focused company right now, that they would be worried that the Switch was just going to be like a hit domestically in Japan. Sure. And so n- not want to, you know, they're more concerned with the huge sales of the Xbox One and PS4 worldwide. Mm-hmm. And so th- for them wanting to put their energies there, I totally understand that. But it seems like it's really going to come back to bite them. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's it's so weird because or uh, maybe maybe appropriate that um Mega Man of all of their properties seems like a good fit for Switch or at least for like the Nintendo audience, right? He's already like a mascot. He's appeared in Smash Brothers. Um yeah, like bring that Mega Man back, put him on Switch. Bring them, so, I mean, hopefully, bring them, bring maybe, them, maybe it will. Maybe, bring, maybe they bring, will. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not hopeful. No, neither am I. The Wii Shop channel. Yep. 
Sad to say that it will be ending service in 2019. Okay, let's not panic. 2019 <laughs> is a ways away. <laughs> Nintendo giving us lots of notice for this. Um, so funds will be able to be added to the store until March 27th, 2018. I Which believe that's through March 27th. Okay. So like March 28th, no longer. So that's not that much time. That's another like six months. And then uh, purchases of WiiWare, Virtual Console, and then the like free Wii channels are will be available until the end of January 2019. Okay. And then sometime in 2019, the functionality will end entirely. So you won't be able to re-download titles you had previously purchased, anything like that. Um, do, do you still have a Wii in your house? No. Um, so I've got my Wii U, which you can put in Wii mode and uh, access games on on there. Um, so I do have I have purchased a bunch of Wii, uh, you know, eShop games, Virtual Console specifically, and without knowing that the Switch is going to have uh, Virtual Console support, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about like what what I need to do there to like you know shore up access to those games that I want to have access to. So I I've gone all digital on the Switch mm-hmm. and mostly all digital on the 3DS and on the PS4 also mostly all digital. Yeah. And for me as a consumer, I'm okay with that. Like I'm not much of a collector. Mm-hmm. I don't really hold on to a lot of old games or a lot of old systems anymore. But at the part of me that enjoys uh, the history of video games, that kind of makes me sad when, yeah. like, there are lots of, maybe not even, like, what we consider significant WiiWare titles, but that will just be lost to time. Unless people mm-hmm. are, like, archiving them and eventually finds a, find a way to, like, extract the ROMs for them. Yeah, and then put a uh, sensor bar on the top of there. <laughs> but it's uh, like it's different monitor. than like and then you know like NES cartridges mm-hmm. where those can still be out there, you know, like a Goodwill yes. or like a thrift shop, so somebody could stumble on it, a hidden gem. With these we we wear titles, there might be something that in the future becomes you know like of interest historically to people who follow video games history that you m- just may not be able to access anymore. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I think that's probably uh, going to fall to uh, piraters and emulators to, <laughs> to preserve video game history, as uh, they frequently do, you know? Um, say what you will about uh, illegal, illegally pirating games. They're, like, keeping, keeping games, like, in the, uh, you know, keeping them in spaces where people can access them, albeit not legally. According to analyst um, Matt... Piscatella from NPD. Physical U.S. software sales for Switch are on track to be the biggest ever for a Nintendo platform launch year since 1995 by a large margin. So, platform launch year. Okay. Uh, why do we think that is? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not sure if he means if this is like calendar year or mm. launch aligned, right? Because Switch is launching earlier in the year. Right. Oh, yeah. Then something enough. like the more like holiday... So I don't know, if, yeah, I don't know exactly what he's measuring or what is being measured here. Um, but I mean, Nintendo has released a lot of heavy hitters mm-hmm. in the first part of the uh, system's life. You had Zelda, a huge Zelda, like a really 
well-selling Zelda. Possibly the best game ever made. <laughs> uh, Mario Kart, mm-hmm. Splatoon. Mm-hmm. You had like ARMS. Even which, ARMS sold over a million copies. So. Yeah, so that alone has to help a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, you know, Mario Rabbids is a, a, a big seller as well. So, yeah, and, you know, we've talked before about how uh, indie games are, but would, this is just physical we're talking mm-hmm. about. So not all um, indie games, in fact, very few, got um, big uh, r- uh, physical releases. But, like, Binding of Isaac, I'm sure, sold pretty well. Um, Cave Story, you know, there are these games that did get physical yeah, releases. Yeah, and they have to be selling well enough because companies continue to do mm-hmm. uh, physical releases for some of these smaller indie titles. Like, t- indie titles, I'm surprised, are getting physical releases sometimes. Yeah, uh, especially when they have to spend a little bit more money to buy the, the cards. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just like we were talking about with the with this week's new releases and last week's new releases, like there's an abundance of games on Switch and the games that are there seem to be doing well and seem to be performing successfully, which just encourages more people to put games onto the system. Yep. Start speaking of which, Stardew mm. Valley. <laughs> this one this update's almost in here just for me. Because there's no real news other than Stardew Valley has been approved for Switch by Nintendo, meaning like they submitted Yay. it, it passed certification, all that kind of stuff. And Chucklefish, which is the publisher, is working on finalizing a release date that they hope to be able to announce soon. Um, that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. That is one that I will definitely be picking up whenever it's released. Like, It'll stop release. everything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping it'd be hoping sometime this month because for me personally, looking ahead at what has been released for or announced for release on Switch, until Super Mario Odyssey hits, it's not like as big of a month as September was. Yeah, isn't uh, Fire Emblem coming out like the week before? Yeah, but I don't care about that right. at all. <laughs> I care about it. So <laughs> great, great. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I'm also putting it out there now that it could be that the release date could be announced on Monday, right? And w- or early Tuesday morning, we and we would, would not be right. We so would not know. You yeah. may have the scoop on us on on this one. Mm-hmm. Also, it could just come out on Tuesday, right? Yeah, that's the other weird thing. Like Golf Story, nobody heard a peep, mm-hmm. and then it just uh, like two days before, bam! It just showed up date. on the eShop as coming out on the twenty eighth. And then it was released in, or 29th or whatever, and then it was released and has done really well. Uh, so, Mark, Stardew Valley, Chucklefish, great. You know what else Chucklefish is publishing? No. Pocket Rumble. Oh, are they really? <laughs> yeah. I do. Pocket Rumble may never come out. Yeah, do you think we will ever see Pocket Rumble? I don't, I mean, I hope so. I would like to play this game, but uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's been any any news on it. I'm trying to think the last time we talked about it, I feel like it, there was some problem with... With the net code. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so FIFA 18 was released for Switch last week, and you are not able to, like, invite friends. Like, you can't play with friends in FIFA 18. You can if you accidentally randomly what, are matched up into with them, them right um but you can't like invite and start a match and i'm w- and this is purely speculation on my part based on zero information but i'm wondering if like maybe something involving that is what's holding up uh pocket rumble or just in general nintendo's online infrastructure i mean i would believe that it is not the strongest um 
I mean, we we know that like they that's not a priority really for Nintendo. Even on a game like uh, Splatoon, that it's not like super intuitive to you know meet up with your friends and uh, play with them and be able to talk to them. Even with this app that's designed spe- specifically for that, um, that yeah, that there's work that needs to be done still on that, or it'll just never have that kind of functionality. And you know, if Pocket Rumble is such a simple experience, it's a two attack button um game right that like you know the online experience needs to be solid or it's nothing well and to play devil's advocate to the thing i was saying just a few seconds ago is there are other like third-party indie titles who do have online functionality yeah you know that they haven't really had a lot of problems with yeah but i mean there's the i mean fighting games require uh such frequent matchmaking and then they also require um you know that the sort of like zero latency kind of uh thing where you're responding to your opponent's moves like to the frame um so like if you have a quarter of a second lag that's way too much so yeah i mean that's it's just got to be right is pocket rumbles coming out on other platforms it's not a switch exclusive no i think it's on i think it's out on pc already but i don't think it, it was coming to other um consoles consoles i don't think we may have to debug that next time. But. The, the only other thing I'll say about Nintendo's online in general is I think, you know, there there is a lot of opportunity there if there was more integration with third parties. Like, how cool would it be? I mean, I'm not playing it, but like FIFA 18 or NBA 2K18 had like a Splatnet channel yeah, in absolutely. the Switch app, mm-hmm. you know, that was keeping track of uh, all of your stats and you can make changes to your players and things like that. I'm guessing third parties, especially since the online hasn't officially been launched, that third parties don't have any access to that. Right. But, you know, knowing Nintendo, they may never, and that feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, So it'd be cool sure. to open up the Switch online app and have all, like, all these different channels for your different online games, being able to manage your, you know, like, inventories and things like that mm-hmm. through the app. Yeah, for sure. Uh, kind of speaking of Splatnet... We have details on Europe and Japan's next Splatfest, which are coming up this weekend. Okay. So Europe, they are uh, battling Toilet Roll Should Hang in Front versus Toilet Roll Should Hang in Back. Okay. It's front. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you have a cat, then back is fine. What difference would it make? So if you have a cat, cats will, uh, like, bat bat the roll, and if it's in front... That makes the role like continue to uh, like come out, and the cat can make a mess, no problem, and it loves oh, doing this. Oh, I see. If it's out the back, and the cat like paws the front of it, it just flips around. That's it. <laughs> so if you have a cat, back is acceptable. I would still prefer front. <laughs> <laughs> and then Japan is agility versus endurance. All right, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they have little like uh, Splatoon. Um, drawings or whatever showing the different right you know like because they're abil- they're in-game abilities basically you sure. have to b- choose between agility and endurance all right <laughs> what are we playing for we don't know we don't have one what yeah there has not been one announced for north america so both those are starting this coming weekend nothing for north america so that is another reason i put the sunday uh, warning out there because right, we may know because we may know by the time this is released on tuesday or Nintendo of America may have forsaken us. Uh, well, this just in, it's hats versus scarves. <laughs> I'm going to go with hats. 
Wait, what? I'm just I'm just making stuff. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Mark, what team would you be on? Hats oh, or scarves? Hats or, uh, uh, scarves. I'd be on scarves if yeah. I had to choose in this moment. And you do. <laughs> scarves. Because it's, it's only even remotely real in this moment. Any Anyone who has seen me in a hat knows <laughs> that I am team scarf. Very good. Uh, okay. And then finally, a little bit of distressing news. I don't think this news is that distressing, but go ahead. Okay, well, Patrick, clearly not a member of PETA. Uh, Mar- Mario was originally punching Yoshi in Super Mario World. Okay. Uh, so due to the graphical limitations of the SNES, you can't really tell what exactly he's doing when he's getting Yoshi to, like, run quickly. Um, it's when, it's when, he, uh, when he sticks out his tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't yet. tell, like, if he's... Uh, pointing, saying like "go over there," or if he's like hitting Yoshi, mm-hmm. and even and in game, it's still a little uh difficult to tell. Mm-hmm. It's not like super clear. But originally, the plan was that he was that Mario was hit, like punching Yoshi in the back of the head. Yeah, you've got a quote here. Let's read this. Quote. Yeah, so this is from um a Super Mario World's graph character graphic designer and the creator of Yoshi, uh, Shigafume Hino. He explained in a recent interview, quote, lots of people think that while Mario is pointing his finger forward, he's saying go and Yoshi's tongue comes out. However, the setup that I drew was that when Mario punches Yoshi in the head, the character's tongue shoots out in surprise. What's more, there's an added bop sound. However, it seemed like people would say, poor Yoshi. That's why it became that Mario was saying go. Okay, look, we all have bad ideas when we're creating (laughs) things, right? Right. Bad idea. Mario punches Yoshi in the back of the head <laughs> to make to make him stick out his tongue in surprise. <laughs> Bad idea, right? Mm-hmm. And that was how it was conceived. And then later they're like, "Nah, he's just pointing and saying go." Fine, right? That that's why I don't think it's that distressing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I don't think that necessarily in game Mario continues to punch Yoshi in the head. Right. However, you do abandon him to pits all the time because you want to jump a little bit higher. <laughs> So, I don't know. Also, Yoshi, uh, yeah, he's more like a pack animal in mm-hmm. this in this game. You right. know, like in Super Mario World. Like, he has yet to fully evolve, I guess, and, like, stand up on his hind legs in a Planet of the Apes-type uprising that we have yet to see fully play out. Right. The Planet, Planet of the Yoshis <laughs> up, uprising, war for the Planet of the Yoshis. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, that's the news for today. Let's get out of the news. And actually, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you would please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes, we are celebrating our one-year anniversary today. That's right. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary uh, to you, Mark, and to you, the listeners. Um, it's been 52 weeks we've been doing this show, one year, which is what it boils down <laughs> to and why we would call it an anniversary at all. Um, so why not give us a birthday present of... Uh, subscribing and sharing and reviewing and all that good stuff. And thank you to everybody who has already left a review on the iTunes store mm-hmm. or wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, if you have any feedback for us, any questions for us, want to participate in the show at all, um, you should write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Com. And you can always get us on Twitter. We're at Nincart Society and our Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mark and I are pretty active on um, all of those in, in all those places. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our comic book reviews and discussions on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo, including our new logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. 
You can find more of his music on apetbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying... And thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network? Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kimmy. And we're the hosts of Talk 30 Rock to Me. Do you crave cheese late at night? Do you have lots of thoughts on your mind grapes? Do you think a rape whistle can double as an accessory? Do you miss 30 Rock? We sure do. We miss it so much, we started a podcast about it. New episodes every Tuesday. Subscribe today.